expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. And see, I mean, everyone seems to suggest you're shutting down shops, you're going to be uh, certainly reducing your floor space, you're going to be going for smaller formats, you're going to be fundamentally altering the way in which you look and feel into the future. But just going back to Evan's point on the two schools of thought, um, again, just to share some of our thinking around that, I think in terms of the pure play guys and the pure online players, um, I think um, the latter theory holds water. Um, it is a bit of a race to the bottom. Everyone's competing with the same stuff. To the extent that you've got strong brands, though, if you kind of think of global brands like Nike, Adidas, uh, their margins, when they shift online, if anything gets stronger, they don't get weaker. Um, that's what Bongi is referring to in our own experience in South Africa. We don't sell off price, we sell pretty much um, full price. So I think you've got two different models. It depends where you play there. And then, you know, going to retail space, again, I think we've got a slightly different view. Um, it's not actually about e-commerce per se. It's really about an omni-channel experience. It's that blend of e-commerce and stores. The stores end up being your showrooms. They end up, certainly in South Africa, being where it's easiest to return your product. Um, if you're not happy with it. We've got uh, the best part of 3,000 delivery or collection points situated around the country. Somebody said the other day we've got more branches in the post office. Um, and that's, I guess, partly true. What we see more and more is people actually fulfilling their online orders from our stores. We've got over 500 of our South African stores already connected to a central online database where you don't actually have to ship from a, a DC. It actually just comes out of store stock and people can either go into the store and collect in the store or it can be routed via algorithms from the store that's closest to the consumer. So I think it's going to be a blend of the two. Um, and certainly, again, from a TFG perspective, we've got lots of brands that we haven't even fully rolled out yet. So I think, if anything, providing we get the right rentals, um, we'll probably continue to expand with the export. And that's the thing you haven't walked. I mean, this idea, of, of the, this idea that we're going to see an expansion in retail is almost counterintuitive. But I suppose with Edcon downsizing very dramatically at Edcon's sale of Edgar's and the sale of Jet, the dynamics in this industry are going to change quite fundamentally. Bruce, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been we've been negative the sector for well, well over five, six years now on the premise that there's just been too many space, too much space rollout and not enough consolidation. So for the first time and thanks to the guys at Fashini, I mean, I think this is a great acquisition for them. Uh, I think it does consolidate that the sector. I think it starts to do what should have been done a number of years ago in terms of the number of players in the in the in the sector over one the consolidation of of the number of formats. So, I think for the first time now, from an industry perspective, we've seen the retailers going the right way. Uh, I think more so on the apparel side than on the food side. I still get I'm still nervous about the amount of space that's been rolled out on the food side. But even there, we're starting to see, you know, the, the guys battling. I mean, we know that. Uh, you know, the, 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 the likes of game and certain those formats are just not successful. Uh, I mean, the macros of the world are coming under pressure. So even there, I think over time now, and a lot of the cash and carry space is going to consolidate quite dramatically over the next three to five years as the retailers play harder in that space. So I think from an industry perspective now, we're seeing the right things. I mean, you know, this is, this is what we should be seeing from an industry. We go through these long, dramatic cycles. Uh, these cycles are very pronounced. They're good for a, a number of years. I mean, we've covered the space for 25 and we saw 15 very good years. 
Um, but like any industry, people get overexcited and overinvest, and now we need that consolidation, which is happening. Uh, so this is the start of a good process, I mean, for the retailers, uh, and we need to see more of it. So uh, unfortunately, we need to see more consolidation in this space, and we need to see, unfortunately, the weaker players exit. Um, and that's, that's still going to happen. But it does create an opportunity, doesn't it, Anthony? I mean, one talks to the likes of G.T. Pereira and Laurie Dipnard and Paul Harris about what the most difficult time in their 40 years in business was. Surely 1987 must have been the hardest time in South African history as South Africa went into a debt default and was two years after the Rubicon speech and South Africa was effectively in a civil war and there were bombs going off and we were uh, fighting the war in Angola that we should never have got involved in and couldn't afford and it was an absolute shambles. And their eyes light up. They said that was the best time when Barclays had gone and there was the opportunity to consolidate in financial services and it gave them a full suite. You're sitting in a position now where Edcon has failed, but you've sat on the sidelines and gone, thank you very much. We'll take you know, nearly 400 jet stores. Yeah, Bruce, you couldn't have thought it up better. I mean, you go back, we actually looked at jet in a lot of detail together with actually Edgar's and a lot of people about five years ago. I just joined the group. Uh, we were approached by the shareholders at that stage, um, proactively possibly to do a deal. And so, yeah, it, you know, frankly, there were a number of issues with the business, uh, the least of which was um, not the purchase price. You know, to have bought Jet five years ago, you would have, you know, shelled out somewhere between seven and eight billion rand. Um, we managed to do a deal at, you know, well below half a billion rand for pretty much the same business. That opportunity can only come at a time like this. Um, I think if you go back, you know, we, as a as a group, we also embarked on a capital raise. Um, we announced that at our results presentation. Part of it was to make sure that we could, you know, withstand the choppy waters ahead. No one's got a crystal ball. But the other big part of it was uh, the consolidation that Evan spoke about. We didn't see, you know, we can't predict what will fall over when, but it's going to happen in retail right around the world. There are going to be fewer players in 12 months' time than there are now. We just wanted to get in a position where actually you can act on good opportunities if you find them. So, yes, I think a unique opportunity. Tough at the time, but, uh, yeah, once in a lifetime. Uh, Isana, I mean, what is your sort of crystal ball view of uh, of this consumer goods sector? I mean, the opportunities present themselves. One would regularly talk to Brian Joffe when he was at Bidvest. And, um, you know, the moment somebody uh, was coughing, Brian Joffe would be around knocking on the door saying, hello, you're feeling all right? Um, should, we, should, we, should we talk business? Uh, do you see more consolidation coming in the South African consumer goods sector? Uh, I would think there should be more consolidation. I think um, the consumers, in South Africa is just um, exposed to a lot of choice at the moment um, and it makes I, I know it sounds funny but consumers actually want less choice um, a lot of what's driving their behavior I think is becoming more about simplification um, simplifying their lifestyles if new trends emerge work from home what are they going to wear are they going to shop where they used to shop how are they going to eat where they're going to spend their money so I definitely think more consolidation is very likely. Um, I'm not sure about how that consolidation would because traditionally we have been um, dominated by big retailers. I see a lot of small um, retailers launch line and over time they, they will start eating into the, the pockets of the bigger retailers, in, especially in certain categories like clothing. Other um, categories like food, I think you're going to be, it, it's just different. People need to eat. doesn't matter when it's, it's almost the same as alcohol. You know, people drink, whether it goes good or bad, people drink, unless the government stops them from drinking, of course. Um, so, 
yeah, I don't know. I think more consolidation, I think um, changing behaviors. Um, how is retailers going to adapt their models to quickly respond to the consumer's needs um, and be more nimble and quick? And I agree with Anthony in that it's probably an omni-channel strategy, but um, also just more flexible. And I think there's opportunity in bringing more from the, uh, the value chain closer to home. The value chain... Um, means more um, manufacturing here in South Africa. That's an opportunity we need to look into and, and capitalize on for our own economy. There's such an interesting thought uh, there. I mean, uh, Anthony, is that the plan? Because we saw uh, Grant Patterson um, used, a, you know, got rid of a lot of the big brands, for example, within Edgar's, uh, and did a lot of manufacturing at home, and uh, that was devastating for those manufacturers on the lockdown, as he told them he couldn't pay his bills anymore. Um, but the opportunity exists. Global supply chains have been so massively disrupted. Suddenly, this idea of deglobalization begins to take hold. Do you see that happening? Yeah, Bruce, we'd already, funny enough, we'd already been heading down that route for the last five years in South Africa. Um, and the reason for that was largely pure economics. Um, your lead times to manufacturing through, as long as you've got you know, really world-class facilities, the right technology, the right data uh, coming out of your, your sales system, and you know, you know what you should be manufacturing to restock. Um, you know, we were looking at 40, 42-day lead times in South Africa versus 150 to 170, 180 days out of the Far East. Um, your net result is you're taking far less fashion risk if you manufacture locally. Um, you can make your decisions based on real-time data, um, and we were getting a better gross margin as a result. With COVID, it's become, you know, absolutely critically important. Um, I don't think there's a single retailer in the world who can forecast December or January sales with any degree of accuracy. Now, we just, you know, really don't know where the consumer is going to be. We don't know if the virus comes back again, the second, third wave, but there are just too many variables out there. Um, if you don't localize, if you don't have a vertical supply chain, the reality is you're having to take big bets off of your out. And um, that wasn't sensible before COVID. It's certainly yeah, it's not sensible now. So you know, we'd, we'd upped our local manufacturing by 30 40% over the last year. Pre-COVID, we were going to double our local manufacturing over the next five years. That probably accelerates to two or three years. Uh, absolutely, I think we're right Expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights. Brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. For more, visit absainsights.co.za.